Welcome to the Jubilee Stratford podcast, where you can listen back on our weekly sermons, special guest speakers, and more. To find other resources and information about who we are, visit www.jubileestratford.com. If you like what you've heard here on this podcast today, don't forget to subscribe. All right, I'm going to invite Benji to come up. And Benji, if um, this is Benji, Benji and Gabe, Gabe, Gabe Bootsma, or used to be Bootsma, uh, came to Jubilee many years ago, John and Patricia, for those that don't know. And uh, we're just so delighted to have them here. They spoke on Friday night, and it was such a powerful message that I just asked Benji, I said, could you just recap just the, the couple things? Because I feel like the whole church really needs to hear uh, the message that's burning on your heart. They both are in Kansas City, working at IHOP very closely with, with Mike Bickle and the team. And, uh, and if anyone watches one thing, they're definitely on the stage helping out, part of that core leadership. And, uh, and I'm just so blown away at how God is using, using them so powerfully. And it was neat because when Benji came Friday night, uh, there's, a, there's a church in California, a Spanish-speaking church in California that he visits often. And, uh, and they just made this connection on a Friday night. So, so it's neat how God, you know, makes divine appointments happen, you know, in all the different areas of the earth. And um, so anyway, we're just really blessed to have you here. And also, too, if, if you could introduce Gabe. And your, and your new baby. Show off the baby. That'd be great. Of course. Thank you so much. I want to invite Gabe and Elodie. It's, um, it's for us, it's a blessing to be here, especially for Gabe, because, I mean, it's, for both it's a blessing, but for Gabe, she was telling me yesterday, this is my local church. Like, this is my, my church. That I grew up here. This is God encountered me here. And that, to me, brings up to, I mean, it's awesome to visit the body of Christ. We're visiting family, and it's great. We love Stratford. But it, just the fact that I'm able now to minister and to share something that could be useful for the church, that, my, that the Lord used to, to touch my wife and shape her of who she is, is such a blessing. But anyways. This is our daughter. This is Elodie North. And um, I'll just say, yeah, really briefly about her name. Elodie means foreign riches and North we named after North America because we got Mexico, Canada, and then she's American. So we passed here. We crossed the border from Detroit with three different passports, which was so funny and interesting. But anyways, we, um, we love being here. I love being here. Like Benji said, it's a blessing to return and be here now with my family all these years later. But I really do consider Stratford still my, my home in Canada. And so coming back is just, yeah, coming home. And so love seeing all these familiar faces and new faces. And just thank you for having us. Thank you for welcoming us back. And, yeah, we love you guys. So take it away. Okay, let's, uh, let's open our Bibles in Psalm chapter 2. Psalms chapter 2. Um, my message today is very simple. I'm going to highlight some of the things I shared on Friday. Because I felt the Lord was highlighting three things, I believe, for the church. Some, some things that 
we, me and my family and IHOP and our spiritual family are being confronted, comforted by, encouraged by, and all of the things above, you know, it's, it's what we believe that the Lord is highlighting. But um, he was speaking to me specifically about you guys the other day. And um, when I knew I was going to share on Friday, and then Trevor asked me, hey, could you share the same just at least the same principles on Sunday. So that's what I want to share today. So it's very simple. It's three things that the Lord is highlighting related to a life of prayer. And more than just the life of prayer and just practical tools, I, I really want to give a prophetic perspective. And not that I'm a prophet at all. But just when I mean prophetic for what we can observe in the scriptures... Uh, after day and day in and out of being the place of prayer and asking the Lord and contending with the, the verses in the Old Testament, the New Testament of what God is saying, what He's announcing that He's going to do, and the signs that we are looking in the nations, that the things that are happening in the nations, not just this continent, but the Middle East and around the world, and things that we're listening, the, the things that we're observing, the things that we're Perceiving from the Lord, from the Scripture, the whispers of the Spirit in the place of prayer. I'm compiling all of this together with three points that I believe God is emphasizing that we can take home and apply them in a practical way. And for every of the, uh, each one of these emphases that the Holy Spirit is given to the church, there's also a, a, a supernatural help and grace that we've never experienced before, that the Holy Spirit is given to us right now. It, because what we are about to enter into as a church in the globe is beyond our paycheck, <laughs> is beyond our programs and ideas. And, you know, we can enter into some, um, uh, some moves of the Spirit and, and God uses our talents, God uses our ideas, and it's awesome. But what God has announced from the beginning about what is about to happen in the planet is beyond what we can do in the flesh. The days of operating in our flesh and having good results are coming to an end. And praise God for that. But also it's tricky because if we are... Leaning in our flesh and we are enjoying just to do things apart from intimacy with the Lord. Then we're going to be surprised how ineffective we're going to be for the great harvest. And also in our lives. You know, I believe this in my own life. I see it every day. Every day that goes by, every week, every month, every year. I mean, time is going so fast. is more difficult to be an, an on-fire believer. Have you noticed that? And if you're lazy for a couple of weeks of not reading your Bible and getting, you know, on fire for the Lord and kind of like go and talk to Jesus, it's more difficult to, to catch up again than it was 10 years ago. The pressure, social pressure, spiritual, you know, the, the atmosphere, the principalities, all the current world is taking us apart from God and it's, the current is going stronger and stronger and it's more difficult to be on fire for the Lord than it was yesterday and it's just going to get more difficult but at the same time the grace of God is abounding and, and it's been released even more than before so it's getting more difficult but at the same time easier if we flow with the spirit and um, so anyways there's three things that I want to emphasize and 
For each one of these, the Holy Spirit is helping us. The Holy, the Holy Spirit is helping us. And that's, that has, that's what I want to talk about today. But in order to start, I would like us to go to Psalm chapter 2. Because I believe, and this is just my perception, I believe Psalm chapter 2 is one of the most important psalms for the end time church, for right now. It's only 12 verses. It's divided by four parts. 12 verses. It's super easy to even memorize. And I want to encourage you to take these for the next weeks. Just take this psalm and ask the Holy Spirit, what are you saying to the church in the globe? What are you saying to me, Lord? How can I respond in the day of trouble? So Psalm chapter 2 is all about, it's, it's a psalm that many scholars agree with this, the majority agree with this, that the Lord gave this prophetic vision to David right after he killed Goliath, the giant. So right after he killed this massive man that was, you know, for 40 days, he was, you know, uh, threatening Israel Saul, that was a tall guy, the tallest of all Israel, he was shaking in the back of his tent. Like, you know, I kind of like feel sick and I don't want to go and challenge him. And he was kind of like chickening out a little bit. And then the whole army, they were stuck with this giant. And then we know the story that the Holy Spirit comes and David was operating in a jealousy and in a power that was beyond the strength of his body and his flesh. He was operating with the with the fire of heaven and the jealousy of God for Israel. And he, we know what happened at the end of the story. So this psalm, most scholars believe and agree that was given to David when he went to worship the Lord. I don't know if that night or a few days later. But the Holy Spirit shows this psalm and it's an open heaven vision. When David sees that there's a coming end time Goliath. And it's like God was telling David, David... You saw what happened, right? Yeah, I'm still shaking. I don't, know how, I don't know how this happened. I'm a tiny guy. He was a massive dude. And I killed him. And I, I just, it was awesome. And I felt fire in my spirit. Lord, you did it. And the Lord is like, okay, I'm going to show you a vision, David. I'm going to do it again. But this time it's not going to be one giant. This time it's not flesh and blood. It's principalities and powers. Is literally the rage of Satan is going to come, not just to Israel, but the church. It's going to come to everyone who is under my name. And it's going to be an end time Goliath and no soul, no professional, no ministry, no credentials is going to be able to withstand this giant. It's going to be those who are intimate, like you were intimate in the back of Bethlehem with, your, with the sheep of your father. When you were faithful in the secret place, that's the kind of fire I'm going to use to destroy this end time Goliath. David, I'm going to show you something and I'm going to put you as a prophetic sign of what's about to happen in the globe. And we, so Psalm 2 is, is, a, is a letter of love from David to us in this generation. Are we, are we on the same page? Is that clear? So that's, that's the context that we're living in so chapter 2, verse 1. Why did the nations rage? Why did the nations rage? And the peoples plot in vain. The kings of the earth sit, sit uh, themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against the, uh, His anointed one. 
So basically, we're not going to go through it. I just want to give you context of this psalm. You take it home and just reread it. I know that everyone has read this psalm, but just read it again. Uh, what David is seeing, what God is announcing, is that there was going to be a generation in which all the nations will come back together. You know, the Lord dispersed the, the wicked uh, 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 nations in Babel. The Lord dispersed them and, and kind of confused them for a few thousand years. But they're coming together again. You know, in His mercy, the Lord stopped wickedness to come together and plot against the Lord. And the Lord said, I'm going to give you different languages as, as I form the people of Israel, then the church, you know, the Holy Spirit. You cannot come to fullness, evil. You, you can come to fullness. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy you guys a little bit of time until my plan, my son comes to the earth. Then I d- release my Holy Spirit. And then for a few thousand years, the church comes into fullness. And now you guys are ready for what's coming. So the Lord, uh, the Lord is showing David that there was going to be a generation in which... All the nations was gonna come, they were going to come together and basically say, we don't want God anymore. We hate Him. I don't, want, I don't talk to me about the Bible. Yeah, but there's life in the womb. There's, you know, there's a human being in your womb, oh pregnant woman. I don't care. It's not a baby. But physically it is, chemically it is, biologically it is. It's proven. I don't care anymore. We've proven every single fact about that there's life in the womb from the moment of conception it's proven there's you know maybe a hundred years ago when there was no you know ultrasound right now it is proven you can see the heartbeat you can see everything and now because of the generation that we're living it doesn't matter if it is proven or not it's a spiritual rebellion against god against life against everything that the 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 the, the bible defines for love for godliness, for everything, for unity. So we're living in that generation right now. It's this country. I mean, I, we are studying what's going on in the political realm, in the geographic realm, in Canada, in the United States, in Mexico, all Latin America, Europe. They are like far, you know, they are running fast against the Lord. The Middle East, I mean, we cannot even emphasize more the Middle East is... It's just every nation, they are saying, we don't want God, we don't want the Bible, we don't care. Yeah, but this ABC, it's proven that this, I mean, if two guys adopt a baby, it's detrimental for the baby. We don't care. We don't care anymore. Yeah, you cannot change the sex of a six-year-old boy because he's pretty bad for, I don't care. He has the right to choose a six-year-old. And all of these things happening more and more, an acceleration of evil coming. And the Lord is saying, pay attention, church. You're in a a transition right now. It's It's not business as usual anymore. It's a transition that requires an apostolic response for apostolic times. And when I mean apostolic, I means I what I mean is the response that the apostles had when Jesus left the planet and how they thrust themselves into the presence of God to change the world. So it, it, that's what I mean by apostolic response for apostolic moment. And, uh, and I believe, I mean, just the, the, this psalm is really the context that we're living in. And that's why I've, you're going to feel a little bit of energy in my spirits because I actually believe this. 
We're not there yet. We are in transition to, we are, me and my family, Gabe and I, our family, we're, we're really immature. We are really not prepared for what's coming, but we want to be ready. I'm not saying, oh, I have has all the response. We have 24-7 at night and they worship and prayer and it's amazing. It's awesome. We come from a place when the worship and prayer has not stopped for 20 years. It's awesome. I'm grateful for that. But we all know that we are not ready for the transition in the planet. We're actually stopping everything we're doing right now. We cancel all the conferences, all the one thing conference. We're, every single event that we had, the Lord told us to stop it for five years. And, the, the, and, and we, it was a successful conference. 20, 15,000 plus young people will come every year for more than 16 years. It will obviously bring more finances, more opportunities, more open doors, more merchandise to, to sell, more support to the ministry, more many things, more impact, all of that. Good things. Every conference in the summer, a lot of things good happening, right? And the Lord told us, no, you guys are in a transition. The, glo- the church is in a transition. Stop everything you're doing and go deeper in the Word. The Lord has been calling us to go deeper in intimacy because God is not going to release the promises to a people without intimacy. So there's three things that the Lord, that's the context, that I'm, I'm, that's where I'm coming from. We are in this generation, we're seeing the signs in America. Uh, this is how I see it. The current president that the Lord gave America is, is not amazing. It's, um, we love the president. We pray for him as intercessors. But it's like, I don't know, I can picture these ways like the Lord saying, I'm going to discipline you, America. Do you want me to discipline you with the hand or you want the belt? The belt is really painful. It's going to accelerate a lot of things. Or if you cry for mercy, and I'm going to discipline you with the hand. It's a little bit softer. It's going to buy you a little bit of time, but it's discipline still. It's not, the, it's not my best choice. And I believe America, the church in America, cried out like crazy. There was fasting, praying, and the Lord disciplined us with, an, with a president that is, is better than the other discipline. <laughs> but it's a discipline. So we, we see the president. We pray for him. We pray for his salvation. We pray for... For his life, we pray. We love the policies that he's putting. But, but we know that God is only buying us time. Right now, in, in the nation that the Lord put us as missionaries, we see the, an acceleration of evil that is incredible. And a division in the, in, the, uh, in the nation. Almost to the point of a civil war. Because of the issue of life and abortion. The issue of homosexuality, of marriage. The issue of adoption, you know, the issue of Israel. And the Lord, by His mercy, bought us a little bit of time by putting a president that at least is pro-life and is supporting Israel with the most biggest military force right now. And there's, an, there's a buying us time. If the other candidate would have been in place, all the support for Israel would have been withdrawn. And then a lot of things would have happened and accelerated in the Middle East, but the Lord is saying, the church is not ready. I'm buying you guys time. But this is about, it, it, there's no precedent, there's no revival that is going to cancel what the Lord said that is going to happen in the planet. Okay? We need to know that this is no, we're not contending for Lala land forever. It has to happen. 
is in the book. Evil has to rage against us. There has to be a Goliath that has to appear. But it has to be a David that is being prepared in the time of seek, in the secret place for the Goliath. And that's why I believe that God is speaking to us saying, wake up church. Wake up. It's time. It's not like become, do something crazy. Just come back to me. Stop everything you're doing that is wasting your time and energy. Stop creating Ishmael's in your flesh that persecute the promise and start going for the supernatural Isaacs that are the ones who are going to receive the promise. Go for intimacy. Lord, but there's so many things we can do for the city. Yeah, but I told you to tear in the place of prayer. Only prayer is not only prayer. It's prayer or nothing. It's intimacy. Go with me. Benji, I know you can do many things for my kingdom, but I want you near to me. I want you to start experiencing something that goes beyond what you can do. I want to do it for you in fellowship, in intimacy with you. And, and, and those are the three subjects I, I want to just emphasize. Number one, God is emphasizing intimacy like never before. Intimacy with Him. Intimacy is, is the, that bride, is the spirit and the bride saying come. It's not the spirit and the servants. It's not the spirit and the warriors. It's not the spirit and the mega pastors or mega whatever. It's the spirit and the bride. It's the, it's the Holy Spirit coming with the bride asking for the, for the coming of, of the Messiah. Revelation twenty two seventeen. The spirit and the bride say come. Is the last part of the Bible that you see the testimony of the, of the church in the whole Bible. And the identity that the Holy Spirit is breathing and announcing about the church in the last generation is a bride. The Holy Spirit tells John 2,000 years ago in the island of Patmos. John, come here. At the end of the age, the church will be a bride. That is going to be longing for him. I can picture John just in persecution. Beaten up like all of his friends dead because of the gospel. And the comfort of seeing a bride that is going to be ready for, for Jesus. And that's us. That's this last generation. So number one, intimacy with the Lord. So the question is how, God is, how can we attain intimacy with Jesus right now? Uh, the Holy Spirit is helping us. And the number one thing, if you said, if you're right now listening to this, and you're saying, man, I've, it's been a long time since I don't cry in the presence of Jesus. When was the last time that you cried in the presence of Jesus? Tears sometimes are the measurement of where our heart is at. Tears are a gift from the Lord to measure where is our heart. And I'm not saying if you don't cry, you're not close. I'm not saying that. But what was the last time that tears came out of, from your eyes because you were with the man? And, I mean, you, you answer that. But if you're, like, right now listening and you're like, yeah, it's been a long time. But you're kind of, like, in a coma that you want to wake up. But, but not really. But, you, you know, even... Wanting to want is enough for the Lord to activate your spirit. You know, it reminds me of, I think it was Matthew 17, when the disciples are trying to cast a demon out of this man's kid. And, and then the man is like, 
Man, I believe. Jesus, I believe you can do it. But help my unbelief. I love that cry. He's like, I do believe it, but just a little bit. 99% I'm in, a, I'm in like a stupor. I'm like paralyzed. I can't reach out to faith right now. But 1% of me is left. I believe, but help me to believe more. Even the 1% of faith that you still have, like it's there, that, that the flame is just a little bit. That's enough for the Holy Spirit for us to cry out. Just, I believe, Lord, but help my unbelief. And uh, the Holy Spirit is helping us by revealing the beauty of Jesus. If you're right now saying, I'm, I'm there. I, I, I need to wake up. The, all the cares of life, the love of money or the lack of money. And all the problems, the offenses. My, Lord, I'm overwhelmed right now with stuff. The Lord is like, that, that's, the mo- that's the moment of weakness. is your greatest moment of opportunity for an encounter. It was after 40 years. Of Moses receiving the promise. Just remember this. Picture this. 40 years Moses. Receiving promises. You are going to be the deliverer. You are going to be the deliverer. When he's 40 years old. He says I'm strong. You know my muscles are. I'm fine. I'm wealthy. I am the prince of Egypt. And he tries to fulfill the promises in the flesh. He kills an Egyptian. And then he's fleeing like a coward in the wilderness. 40 years later, he doesn't have anything. He's working for his father-in-law. He, he cannot talk anymore. He's my name is, you know, he was very eloquent. 40 years later, he's 80 years old. He's broken. He doesn't have any ability in the flesh. He's like, that was, that was for the past. I, I messed it up. I'm nothing. I'm just a shepherd. And then he started listening, something burning. He, in the middle of his weakness... He sees a burning bush right there. And the Lord's like, you, are you done, Moses? I'm done, Lord. Okay, now I can, I can use you as the most powerful man ever. <laughs> now I can use you. In order to experience the day of his power, we need to come to the end of the day of our power. In order to see the day of, our, of the power of the Lord in our lives, in our city... In our nation, we need to come to the end of ourselves. So if, if that's you today, that you're like, I, I, yes, I want that, but help me, Lord, I want to want. I'm thirsty, but I want, I'm thirsty to be thirsty again. Then the Holy Spirit is saying, okay, I'm going to help you with that one. Number one, I'm going to reveal you the beauty of Jesus. You need to meditate in the beauty of Jesus. We have to. We have to go back to the humanity of Jesus and the gospels and Put ourselves in the picture when he's talking to Peter, when he's talking to the woman in the, in the, in the well. When, and see the humanity, the meekness of Jesus and the humility will be, it will give us doors of beauty and fascination. God is not going to release his promises for our cities, for the planet, for the end time agenda of God to a church that is disengaged in, in the place of intimacy. But... But because God designed us, He knows that the place, the way that He can hook us up to Him again is through the area of fascination. So God has been speaking to us to do less and contemplate more. It doesn't make sense in the world, but it makes sense in heaven when John goes in Revelation 4 and he sees the most powerful creatures and the 24 elders who have the government 
of all the creation, and they are the extension of the government of God and His throne, they see that they are spending day and night His energy, their energy, their sight, their eyes, everything, to contemplate the beauty of that man. Holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. He is holy. And John was not like, are you guys wasting? You guys are, are lazy. You guys are the government, the government of heaven. What are you guys doing? Just singing and contemplating? And probably they were looking at them like, dude, this is wisdom right here. So we need to do less. And I'm not saying be lazy and irresponsible. I'm saying in our activities, we need to find more time to contemplate more. We need to see more. If you don't want, if your heart is dull, you don't need to do more to wake it up. You need to do less and see him more. It's, 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 I think it's 2 Corinthians 3, uh, 16 to 18 that says that it's through the, through the contemplating and seeing him. Even if it is through a mirror. Even if it is just through the scriptures. Not even encounters face to face. But even as a mirror, if we contemplate him over and over again he says that we are transformed by the power of the holy spirit into his image the benji that jesus needs in the next decade is not going to be formed by benji it's going to be formed by contemplating him the lamb jesus so that's number one god is emphasizing intimacy with the lord and he's helping us by revealing us his beauty it's time to see more so, just a practical thing. Uh, expose yourself to new ideas. When you're bored in the place... Have you ever been bored in the place of prayer? Come on, guys. I, I'm constantly bored in the place of prayer. And that's just the propensity of my flesh. It's not all the time, but many times I'm like, what is going on? And I'm in the, in the prayer room. And I'm like, what? what? But then... One of the things that have helped me is expose my mind to new ideas of, of Jesus and, and contemplate Him in the Scriptures. Number two, one, the, the, the other thing that God is emphasizing in the church and is speaking to all of us right now is revival. A transformation for the city. A transformation for the city. We are in a transition and... We, I, I, was, I was telling uh, um, two days ago to the church how I've been reminded and provoked by the time of transition of the apostles. Right, those, right, those last six weeks of Jesus when he started announcing his death. And it's interesting because we're in a transition like that right now. Even if you're like, what is he talking about? I haven't heard about this. You are in a transition. We're all in a transition right now. And we are, I don't know how many months away from something shifting in the planet. For real. Things are already shifting pretty much. But God is about to hit with revival and hit with, and the enemy about to hit with a lot of tribulation and a lot of persecution to what we believe. Christianity. And both are going to happen at the same time. And the transition of the disciples was, was really interesting because they were... Walking on water, they were resurrecting the dead. They were seeing all signs and one, all kinds of power and amazing things for three and a half years. And I, I think that they thought that it was because of them. But they, they didn't know that it was Jesus 
who contended 40 days of fasting and prayer in the wilderness for those open heavens for three and a half years. And, and then Jesus says, okay, guys, my time is, is, is over. The, you remember that the, the, the prince of the earth, Satan, I cast him out for three and a half years. And we've seen the power, open heavens. I saw Satan falling and, and God is now revealing the mysteries of the gospel to babes. To you guys. It's happening. But I'm about to go up again. They're going to kill me. And the prince of this world is coming back again. It only lasts three and a half years. I'm about to die for the sins of the world. And I'm going to give you power. But now it's up to you guys to take the baton and take it to another level. And the disciples, you, you, you see, the moment that Jesus announces the death and the coming tribulation to inherit the kingdom, they are all, I start shaking, they start fighting with each other. It was a transition that needed to happen. And m the major thing of the transition was two things. Number one, expose how much they were not ready. And number two, and, and, and their pride. And number two, Provoke them in their brokenness and tribulations in every front to seek the Lord like never before. Guys, if you have been feeling attacks, sicknesses, and controversies, and, you know, accusation against you, against God, against your brother like never before, this is part of the program. Is the best way to start searching the Lord when the Lord... Uh, Allow, he, he's, he doesn't like when we are tribulated, but he allows Satan to shake us a little bit for us to go and cry out again. I don't know how it works, but it works like that. And one night, Jesus said, right before he died, Peter, come here. You just said that you were not going to deny me, remember? Yeah, ne never. Everyone will leave you but me. I'm like... Jesus, I mean, I was walking on water. Are you kidding me? I'm like, come on. Actually, you are the only one that is going to, with your own words, are going to deny me three times. And then I'm going to provide for you, looking at you, and you're going to go into a time of weeping for three days. And in that brokenness, I'm going to make you the strongest man on earth. I'm going to prepare you to prepare your, your brothers. But you need to go there. You need to realize that you can't without me. And your pride is the biggest hindrance of my Holy Spirit. So I'm going to allow, you know what? I was praying for you, Peter. Oh, really? No, you got it, Jesus, that I'm the man. Hey, yeah, you're the man, but not, red, not, not yet. So Satan came to me. Again, like he came in the wilderness, but he was not asking for my life. I already bound the, I bind the, 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 the strong man three and a half years ago. Now he came and he mentioned you actually. Oh, really? Really? He mentioned me? Yeah, yeah. He asked me for your life to be shaken. Oh, really? You say no, right? No, I actually, I actually say yes. But I'm praying. I'm praying for your faith that will not faint. I'm like, I picture Peter like, come on, Jesus. Just say no. No, it's necessary. It's necessary. But I'm praying that in the middle of your pain and trials... Your faith will arise like never before. You need trials, Peter, to start not trusting in yourself and in your own flesh. And I'm with you. I'm praying. And when you're, you're going to go and you're going to go in brokenness. But then after that, you're going to arise and you're going to strengthen your, your brothers. 
You're going to actually release my kingdom in the Pentecost in Acts 2. You don't know who you are. And I know who you are. You're Peter. Right now you're Simon. You're just operating in your own flesh. But through intimacy, through trials and persecutions, and me contending in the heavenly places at the right hand of the Father for your faith, you're going to receive my spirit. And it's not going to be only your own revival. You're going to be an apostle that is going to release the Holy Spirit for the first time in the whole earth. Do you know who you are, Peter? Do you know who you are, Jubilee? Do you know who we are? Don't waste trials and tribulations. Thrust yourself in the Lord. There's been so much attacks in the last days. It's crazy. The Lord is saying, I'm praying for your faith. I'm praying, arise in this time. I'm taking away all the plan B, plan C, and I'm becoming your only source. Cry out to me. This is the greatest time to be alive in history. For real. Sorry I'm yelling at you. And shouldn't be yelling because there's a lot of echo. And calling is very sensitive to echo. Where's calling? I don't know. Oh, he's with the kids. Okay. Anyways, we have, we have three more minutes just to finish this. So, revival. We're in this transition. And this is the thing. Jesus left, and now they had to contend for revival themselves. And, 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 and I said that the Holy Spirit is highlighting that to us today and to myself, because look what's going on in the body of Christ right now. Lauren Cunningham, the, the founder of YWAM, the biggest missionary movement in history, is almost with the Lord. He knows that he's in his final days. Billy Graham just went to be with the Lord. Amazing man of faith for 60 plus years ministering to the nations. Reinhard Bonnke, the greatest evangelist of the, with more people saved in history, is, is almost there with the Lord. And he knows it. Lou Engel, Mike Bickle, John Arnott, their wives. You know, all mothers and fathers in the faith are getting into their last part. And who is taking the baton? Like for real, it, it's more this cute thing of like, I'm going to take the, the mantle. It's more like, I'm going to fast and pray. Who is contending for the next revival? Because we've been receiving, I'm talking about my generation. We are the lion and we're receiving the benefits of, of, of uh, Christianity that we didn't contend for. For real. Just, just the worship time that we had 30 years ago didn't exist the flowing in the spirit. And we're here with our coffee just sitting, yeah, soaking. There was a generation that bled for it. With tears and sweat and giving, giving up friendships and meals just to contend. Lord... Lord, pour out your spirit. And now we're just delighting in that. But that generation is going to be with the Lord. And now it's us. And we're in that transition like the apostles. And we wonder, why are we being so attacked? Why are we being in the Lord? Like, because I'm preparing an apostolic church. Because, I, because it's, it's up to you guys. Get closer to me. Come to me. I know you're weak. But you don't know how powerful you're going to be. When these transitions start happening in the planet. 
So there's a big revival that I believe is, is going to hit. And the Lord has been speaking to me about 15 months. And I'm not saying 15 months, blah, blah, blah. But there's a period of time. There's like a calm in the storm right before the storm right now. And I just feel prophetically that in 2020, something is going to shift. Something is going to shift. We're going to see in the political realm. We're going to see it in geo, uh, uh, geographically. We're going to see it in many things changing in the church. A lot of laws are going to be passed that our Christianity is going to be more restricted, more restricted. But also there's going to be a church that is going to arise. And I, I don't want to just live in the end times. I want to be used by God to release the end times. I want to get closer to Jesus and being one in my 30s, in my 40s, in my 50s, like a pillar that, is, that can carry weight of, of, of God. And I'm thinking about my daughter, Elodie. I'm, I'm thinking about Josiah. I'm thinking about Hazen and, and, and all of the kids. I need to be strong for them. And I see myself and I'm like, my life of prayer is lazy. I'm not fasting as I used to fast. I'm telling you, if our best years of fasting and prayer it, it is in the, were in the past, we are in trouble. Because our Christianity for 10 years ago is not going to work 10 years from now. We need to be holy earth. We need to be, it was not like, oh, that was my first love. No, that was the beginning of my first love. I want to be more in love as we are contending for what's coming. And I know you guys are, 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 are in transition too. And I don't want to talk about the, the third emphasis, but the third emphasis, just, just to touch it. So number one, God is emphasizing intimacy with the Lord. How He's helping us? He's revealing us the beauty of Jesus. Contemplate. Stop. Do less. Look at me more. Behold. That's number one. Number two, God is emphasizing revival. Is Revival is a fruit of intimacy. God is saying, I want to use you. I want you to think about not only your family and your problems. I want you to think about transforming your city. Because number three, I'm coming soon. And Israel and the, the Israel is in the balance. The nations are going to gather against, against, uh, again against Israel. And we're seeing an anti-Semitism globally bigger than Second World War with Nazi Germany. Right now, there's more anti-Semitism than back in the day in, in Second World War. Because it's global. It's global and it has a language of love. It has a language of, yeah, they are so unjust with Gaza. Da, 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 da. And many things are happening right now in all the nations. And it's all coming back to be against the Lord, against Israel, and against the church. The nations are gathering together against the Lord. And the Lord is saying, I'm not only preparing you for a number one personal revival. I'm not only preparing you, number two, for a local revival in your city. I'm also preparing the church, not for a local revival, but to receive a man that is going to split the sky. And is going to come back to the earth, literally. Like, that's what we're contending for. Not just a burning bush. Not just a burning church. We're talking, we're contending for a burning man coming to the earth, coming back to establish a burning kingdom forever. That's so epic. There's coming a day that we're not going to need a microphone, a microphone to hype something up. 
is the Lord himself like a woman in labor with a, with a sound of an archangel of, of, and the seventh trumpet. He's going to make his voice known, open the sky and come back to say, I'm coming for my bride. I'm going to crush the head of the serpent forever. No more demons. I'm going to give you a glorified resurrected body. I'm resurrecting all your family, all my family in the faith. For generations past, I'm going to bring them into a kingdom to restore the earth. Because after a thousand years, I'm going to get the earth ready for the first coming of the Father. Oh, we're excited about the, the second coming of Christ. That's just the preparation for the first coming of Abba. The Father has never come to the planet... And we're going to need Jesus ruling and reigning with all of us with glorified bodies for a thousand years to prepare the earth as a temple so Abba Father can come down and we can see Him face to face forever. That's your story. That's my story. But it all starts with number one. We need fire in our lamp. We need fire in our city and community. And therefore the Lord is going to bring fire in the nations in the end times. So... Anyways, that's just your story and my story. Those are the three things that I believe God is highlighting. And my time is over. Let's just pray. And I'll give the, the microphone to Pastor Jerry. But I, I would like to pray for us and specifically for, for you guys. Father, in Jesus' name, I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, I ask you for that hunger and that thirst. To be multiplied in every single one of us. Lord, I ask for the young people. Release a, the gift of hunger. In my own heart, Lord, I want to want you more. I don't want you the, the way I want to want you. But I want to want you more. Holy Spirit, release that gift of hunger. Blessed are those who are hungry and thirsty. Because they will be satisfied. Satisfy us with the beauty of God. So, Father, I ask also for a revival in this city. For the promises that you've released decades ago to personal, like, people and corporate. And even the other local churches in this city. Lord, I ask that you will bring them to pass through intimacy. Through fasting and prayer. Through celebration and the proclamation of the gospel. Lord, I ask that the kids will just pray. Not because they want to hype or prove anything or a dot com. They don't care about that. Just because they believe that who you, who you are. I ask that kids will pray and heal cancer in a second. I ask, Lord, that they, this city will be known because to be a cancer-free city. Lord, I ask that you will use the pain of people that God have gone through that to, for their faith to arise. For an indignation a holy indignation to see the power of God breaking in the injustice of, of, of sickness. Father, I ask for a revival in this city. Why not July 6th? Why not next week? You're doing something that will last for years and will prepare and will be like the seedbed of what you want to plant in this nation. Lord, turn Canada around. Lord, we ask, turn Canada around in the name of Jesus. We ask for a pro-life country. Pro-life country. Pro-Christianity in the name of Jesus. We ask for the next elections that you will turn it around. 
Because the church cry out for justice. And Father, I ask in Jesus' name, release an understanding for the end times in this church. Like never before. Like never before. Lord, I ask for an understanding of the scriptures. Open up the book of Revelation, Lord. I ask, Lord, for a law for Israel. Like the Apostle Paul, Romans 9.1. It's a continued pain and conviction of the Holy Spirit for the people of Israel. Lord, I ask for that feeling, that watchman that will be set for the end times. Lord, and I ask for these three emphases to come like a mighty rushing wind in this church. Something that is not flesh driven, but is Holy Spirit received, is received through the Holy Spirit. So Father, we receive today. Give us intimacy. Give us revival. Prepare us for the end times. In the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Thank you guys. Thank you, Benji. Hmm. Yes, Lord, we pray that word would uh, go deep into each of our hearts. Into fertile soil. And we do pray that it's uh, uh, that the prayer that Benji prayed at the end of impartation of, for increased hunger and appetite for intimacy with Jesus in each of our hearts, that that would continue to grow and blossom and deepen in each of our hearts. And also your heart, Lord, for this city and for this nation of Canada, would you place your heart into our hearts? And your heart for the acceleration of your kingdom at the, at the end of the age. And your heart for your ancient chosen people, the Jewish people. Both in Israel and scattered around the globe. Uh, stir our hearts, Lord. Align us with your heart. In the name of Jesus.